Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive. My main man, George Kurtz, got you covered for the next hour. Getting you ready for... Fantasy Football 2018. This is the last week of July. It's our last weekend edition show in July. Next weekend when we're doing the program, we will actually be in the month of August. Fantasy Football Draft Month is starting to get serious now, hot and heavy. So you already know what's going down. Going to need you on the telephones today. If you're listening live, expect to hear from you, 844-843-6879. I'm quite sure most of you are not ready to draft. Going to be talking some sleepers and busts today. I know we do that a lot, and you know you in today's fantasy world, no really such thing as a sleeper, no really such thing as a bust. But what I would say is this. We have situations where now that it's coming in on the month of August, the masses are starting to think fantasy football. So I went through some of the more popular sites and look at some sleeper and bus articles, and me and my man George Kirsten talk about that and break that down over the course of the program today. And like I said, your phone calls also very important at 844-843-6879. George, my man, how was your week? My week was okay, Corey. Uh, you know, the most important part of my week was that I was able to set up the draft day for my home league that I'm the nice. commissioner of. And, uh, yeah, it's nice because, listen, I'm sure you're a commissioner of a league or two. I swear to you, I'm married with two children. The hardest thing I'll do all year is set up this damn draft to get people to agree. You know, 11 other guys to agree on a draft day where they can all make it. So I'm very happy to have that off my plate, that it's done, set, ready to go. Being a commissioner is a thankless job, George. A thankless job that I try my best not to get involved with. Oh, I don't blame you. Uh, listen, it's, it's, the league is going on year 30. And you know what's most frustrating is that I play in another home league. You know, and and the uh, the commissioner of that league plays in my league. He's a very good friend of mine. He's been playing in my league probably 25 years. And yet he was the biggest pain in the ass. He canceled like 30 days. Like, are you kidding me? Hockey game. I'm going away. I, I, do the, I mean, really? Really? You know it's how hard it is to set up this uh, draft day, and you're canceling. Literally, out of the 30 days we had to set it up, I think he canceled 22 of them. Oh, no. So are y'all doing it live? Yes, this is a live draft. It's uh, you know, family, my brother's in it, uh, friends that I've known for 25, 30 years. I'll be honest, though. It is a live draft, but maybe half the guys will show the other half will be so lazy they'll still do it on a computer at home because, God forbid, they should make a trip and get in their cars and drive out here. Yeah, how about that? I always like a live draft when everybody uh, come in. My my home league is falling apart, George. I'm, as you mentioned that, I think they sent out the roll call earlier this week. Half the people responded to it. The other half didn't. I think after 15 years, our home league is coming to an end. And guess what? In all 15 years, I've never won it. I've actually been pretty successful in my home league, but I don't think I've won since 13 or 14 offhand here. And I, listen, I'll, I'll tell you this. 
when I send out the first email, which I guess was last Monday, maybe after our show last Sunday, literally only about half replied to it. I actually had to text these guys, you know, to get them to wake up. It's like they're all shocked that you what? We have a draft? Yeah, guys, we've been doing it 30 years. You know, it's August now. Let's set up a draft date. So uh, I wouldn't give up on it yet, Coy. Send out some text. Sometimes these guys need to be woken up. They may not all be like you and I, where we're into football already. You know, they're still thinking baseball, basketball just ended. You know, so uh, maybe, maybe they need a little wake-up call. I wouldn't give up on it yet. We had one guy last year quit the league because he was protesting the NFL. I was like, dude, are you serious? You're not going to make a difference doing that. It's fantasy. Yeah, you told me this last serious. week. This is shocking. Yeah, I did told you that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, another, th- you know, I've never won the league, but I have the highest winning percentage. Oh, so you like the Yankees of the '80s or the Cowboys for a while too, right? You know, always the bridesmaid, yeah. never the bride. You know, uh, I'm assuming it's a head-to-head league. Head-to-head league, tough losses, uh, George. Um, I could two of them. I could think in the semifinals. I can think of um, Joe Webb. Quarterbacking for the Vikings, a late fumble. I mean, a fumble in the last two, three minutes, on the last minute of the game. The Bears defense recovers. I lose by one. A team that was uh, had two losses during the regular season, both to the same team. The playoff loss was also to the same team. One team beat me three times. Was the only team to beat me that year. Running backs that year on that team were Ray Rice and Arian Foster. This is the year Arian Foster broke out. Another time, you might remember a Sunday night football game and a driving rainstorm between the 49ers and the, pa- and, and the Patriots. I remember the game, yes. Aaron Hernandez goes off against me. In a driving rainstorm, Aaron Hernandez goes off against me. See, it's for this reason that if I'm going to lose, I like to lose big. I just want to get destroyed. You know, like last year I lost in the finals in two leagues and I got wrecked. I got Todd Gurley in both leagues. He went off. He went bananas. I got wrecked. You know what? I can't feel bad. I got wrecked. There's nothing I could have done. Even if I would have played my top, whatever, 11 best players, I still lost. You know, so it doesn't matter what I did. I'd much rather have that. You know, I assume you play in certain leagues that use this formula. I remember in the, one of the home leagues, the top two point scorers, which was the commissioner of the league and me, we didn't make the playoffs. We were the, it was, literally, we were the top two point scorers, but we didn't make the playoffs because we were the unlucky teams. It's after that year I was finally able to convince people to make it where it's a 12-team league, uh, six teams make the playoffs. Make it that you know, the top five fine, you can go by record, division winners, top three wild cards, whatever. But make the last team that makes the playoffs, make it with the team with the most points that normally wouldn't have gotten in. In other words, let the unlucky team in. You know, I like that rule a lot. I think that makes uh, – like I said, it wouldn't have helped me that year. I was second point scorer, so I still wouldn't have made the playoffs. But at least, you know, the team that got unlucky, that had scored a million points, but always played a team that scored a million one, at least that team gets in and has a chance to fight. You know, George, it's interesting you mentioned that. Another thing that um, happens in fantasy football, right, when it comes to what you're talking about, do you in your home league, do you do waiver wire or fab? We, uh, my home league has... Uh, I, I don't want to call it a weird waiver wire system. We don't use fab. We use waiver wire, but it's a 24-hour period. So it runs every 24 mm-hmm. hours. We don't wait. You know? And uh, if you're at, at the top of the waiver wire order, you get the player right away anyway. But they, they've always liked it where you know, it doesn't run one day a week. It is a 24-hour period. That's the way it runs. See, that right there is dangerous because you know what ends up happening in, that, in a system like that? The team that jumps out to the hot start 
they drop to the bottom of the waiver wire order. Uh, in some leagues, because of the record, they'll drop to the bottom of the order. The teams that start slow, if they use the waiver wire properly, they pick up, they pick up, they pick up, they pick up. They normally get that fifth or sixth seed and win the whole league. But but in our league, though, once you make a pickup, you fall to the bottom. Okay, so that's good. So it, it's a, it's a it's a rotating league. Uh, you if you finish la- the way it starts at the, the beginning of the year, if you finished last last year, you get the number one waiver wire this year, and so on and so on and so on. And another little trick for uh, leagues, if you want to, I mean, it's a way of trying to keep people interested all year long. Even if your team uh, is not doing well, as far as the, the draft order is determined, twelve team league. So if you finish in the money, the first th- top three teams finish in the money. You you your draft order is 10, 11, 12. You won the league. You're you're picking last. You know second. 11th, 3rd, whatever. It doesn't automatically, though, the last place team doesn't get the first pick. That's kind of silly because we don't want tanking. If you finish 4th, which uh, I well, I'm, I don't want to be vulgar here, but I call it the FU position. You finish 4th, yeah. this, this is a money league, you probably spent a fortune. You know, there's money on roster moves here, so it's $5 a roster move. If you spent all that money, you might have spent $100 on moves, but you didn't, finish, you, didn't, you didn't get in the money. Too bad. You owe a lot of cash, but you get the first overall pick. If you finish fifth, second overall pick, and so on down the line. So this way, it tries to keep people involved in the league. Even if you're not having a good season, still you're involved. Try and win. Try and get those points so you get a better draft position for next season. There you go. There you go right there. You have to excuse me, George. I felt like I heard somebody knocking on the fantasy executive door. I'm about to say I wasn't expecting no one. Anyway, um, yeah, so no, it, it's, it's fun this time of year putting leagues together and setting leagues up and stuff like that, trying to get ready to see how stuff goes. I have two drafts this week. I got to beat the fantasy exec league at the NFFC. That'll be Thursday night, the same night as the Hall of Fame game. So if you want to get involved, go over to playnffc.sportshubtech.com. It is Thursday night. Uh, August 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern, the online championship. I believe I can check in the break, and I'll let you know how many spots are available. Last I checked, it was seven spots available. So, see, that number might be lower now. And then uh, next Saturday is the D.C. Flex, the Fantasy League of Experts. Uh, Jake Seeley runs those leagues. We'll be down in Washington, D.C. for our annual draft down in our nation's capital. So, two drafts coming up on deck that we could talk about next week, George. You got any drafts this week? I don't believe so. I hope not because uh, this is a fun week for me, Corey. Almost immediately after uh, this show, I have, I'm reffing 20 hockey games in the next four or five days, so I'm not going to wow. be home a lot. And the one day I'm off, i got to help my brother move. Yay, off the Queens oh, I go. Nice. That's horrible. It's nothing worse than, than having to help somebody move. And then it's your brother, so you're not going to get paid for it. You get paid in beer. No, he, he's taking us out to dinner, all right? We're going to okay, go, so go a little steak go. dinner. So, yeah, I, I don't mind helping. I, I really don't mind. As long, listen, I know my brother. He's pretty anal. He'll have things ready to go. The worst is when you help someone to move and they have nothing ready. Oh, no. You know, they, 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 they're barely packed. It's like, what, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's too much for me. I can't deal with that. I hate moving. I'll pay the moving company before I uh, start packing stuff up. Like, I'm in my last-minute pack or two when I have to. You know, I moved less than a year ago, so um, it's hopefully something I don't have to do again anytime soon. Anyway, I want to hop in, George, and start to touch on these some of these sleepers. And a lot of the mainstream sites, some of the bigger stuff, you know, not, not guys that live it like we do, they, they're calling Pat Mahomes a sleeper this year. I don't want to say he's a sleeper. I think everybody's in on him that wants to be in on him. My thing with him is we don't know what he is. He's played meaningless football games. Why is everybody so high on this quarterback that we really haven't seen? We believe the talent is real, but let's calm down a little bit. 
Oh, you will get no argument from me. Forget meaningless football games. He's played meaningless football game. He's played one game. All right? Quarterback is as deep in fantasy, Corey, as I can remember. I mean, you don't need to take any chances here. I do think he's going to be the real deal. I do. But why do I need to take him? I mean, I'm looking at a list here of top 12 quarterbacks. Uh, Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, Newton, Wentz, Watson, Breeze, Cousins, Stafford, Luck, Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. Who am I taking out of that list for Mahomes? Exactly. Really, n- name your quarterback you would take out of that list. You know, Andrew Luck, well, now, you know, he looks healthy now. Looks like he's going to go here. I'm certainly taking Luck over that list. Hell, he could be a steal in fantasy drafts. You can get him in round 9, round 10 for what he might become here. And who else? I don't think anybody else even really approaches the conversation of taking out. I like Mahomes. Think he, I think the talent's there. I think he'll be good. Don't see a way I can take him as a QB1. I'm not going to buy him as a QB1 either. I may have some exposure. If he pops, then he pops. But I'm not buying him as a QB1. It would have to be a, a, a league with 18 or 20 roster spots before I even get in on Mahomes. That's, so we're, we're the same on, on, on that one right there. Now let me give you a quarterback a lot of people are thinking they're going to bust this year. And that's Kirk Cousins. And I really don't see why. I think Cousins is, um, is in a good spot. I think Cousins is in a good position. I think he's got some good talent around him. I like the coaching staff out there. Why is people down on Kirk Cousins this year? You know, Cousins, if there was one person, though, I understand why people are down on him. I do get it. Uh, Cousins, I've got a little the optimistic viewpoint. I don't think he ever really showed what he can do in Washington because I think he was worried about his next payday. You know, where I don't think he was throwing the ball. You know, sometimes as a quarterback, you have to throw the ball to tight coverage where, yes, there's a chance it could get intercepted. I don't think Cousins would do that because he was trying to protect that payday. So he would take maybe the, the easier throw or the less likely to get picked off throw, which may not have been good for the team. He's not going to have that restriction anymore. He has the $84 million guaranteed. So he's going to take more chances here. You mentioned it. The talent around him is pretty damn good. I mean, you got Stephon Diggs, you got Thielen, you got Rudolph, you got Talvin Cook. That's, a, that's all you, you could want. The offensive line, okay, not great. Mm-hmm. Right, there are some issues there. But the defense is really, really good. And how that pays off for a quarterback is, A, you should get the ball more because the defense is going to clamp down the uh, opposing offense. And, B, you should get it in good field position. You know, better chance for touchdowns here. I, I like everything about here. I'm not dying to get Kirk Cousins in a draft. I'm not. I'm he's not a quarterback. Either. He's there around. Right, I'm not dying, but I think he's going to have a fine season. I'm not all that worried about him either. No, I, I don't know where my exposure level would be on Cousins either, but I think the call him a bust would be unfair. What about the bust potential of Andrew Luck? A lot of people seem to think that Andrew Luck's going to be a bust this year. I don't believe that. I think Andrew Luck is going to have a solid year, and I think it'll just continue to get better. I'm going to be exposed to Luck. I'm going to be exposed as well. I'm right there with you. I'll, I'll take a shot on Luck. I mean, if I'm playing in 10 leagues, I'm not going to have him in eight of them. I'm not that, that crazy. But I, I'd have him in more than one. I want more than a taste. I think Luck will be fine. I He's throwing the football now, so he's going to play week one. I'm not worried about that. I think he's smarter now as well. I think he realizes, okay, some of the hits are on me. I didn't get rid of the ball when I should have, and I think he'll play to that. They've helped him along the offensive line. My only real worry about here, uh, as far as luck is concerned, is, you know, outside of T.Y. Hilton, not a lot else there for, for defenses to worry about. You know he likes Jack Doyle a lot, but there is some issues uh, on on that offense that I think need to be addressed, and that possibly could be addressed. Um, Des Bryant's still out there. I want to get into this Des Bryant thing also. Um, 
his comments on Twitter and then some other stuff that took place today as another player is recruiting Des Bryant. That would be unbelievable if he was to join this team. So we'll get into that when we come back on the other side. Continue to talk some sleepers and busts. I'll look at some running back positions. Also, I got one more quarterback sleeper I want to ask you about, George. So we're off and rolling right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy, 844 This is the weekend edition. Uh, fantasy executive and George Kurtz. So there you go right there. After this, Kurtz has a week full of hockey reffing, and I got some drafts coming up this week, so that's cool right there. Fantasy Football Frenzy, weekend edition. My man Sean Engel down there on the ones and twos. When we come back on the other side, the latest with Des Bryant. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Football Frenzy Weekend Edition right here on FNTSY Radio, the exec and George Kurtz. So, um, George, did you see Des Bryant's uh, Twitter breakdown the other day? It's kind of hard to miss if you're on uh, Twitter, yeah, which I was. True. Uh, so, yeah, I saw it. You know, a number of different things about this. I saw the original quote from uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio and um, Stephen Jones. And my first thought was, let it go, Stephen Jones. Let it go. Des Bryant is not worried about you. You're not worried about Des Bryant. And then, of course, Des Bryant gets in and starts to spill all the beans about the organization and Sean Lee and, you know, this, that, and the third and all of that drama that's going on with that. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But then today, George, it's some good investigative journalism. You listen to the whole interview. That part was clipped out to create controversy. He actually talked about Jason Witten also and Des Bryant being great players who demand attention, and he wanted Dak to be free and clear. That's why, you know, it's a blessing or it could be a blessing that those two guys are not there. So Des continues to go back and forth. What do you think about this latest Des Bryant drama? Well, I'm not smart on really both sides here. No shock that a quote was taken out of context. We see that mm-hmm. over and over again. That's the I don't want to say that's the job because it is, you know, in some ways immoral and scrupulous to do things like that. But they're looking for clicks. They're looking for people listening. All right. And they, they got what they wanted. Des heard what he heard and he went off. Uh, I, I imagine Des Bryant's agent is like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're playing into the fact that some teams think you're a distraction, you know, by going off on this. You know, what's, what happens between the team and the players should stay between the team and the player. You're now airing dirty laundry. 
You know, they don't. You don't want that. Not at this time, especially not when you might may or may not have a meeting with Cleveland on Monday. You know, so they couldn't have been happy about that. I mean, I think the, that's not to say everything Dez said was wrong. You know, I certainly don't believe Lee or Frederick had anything to do with his release. Uh, I don't think they could have that kind of power. I very much doubt that. Mm-hmm. Dez is 100% right, and I'm sure, I assume as a Cowboy fan you'll agree, the Cowboys' offensive play calling had issues, to put it nicely. Yes. They didn't move him around like they should. I mean, I'm a football guy, you know, but I'm not really a big-time X's and O's guy where I should be able to read a play. But the Cowboys, 90% of the time, I knew what they were going to do. Hmm. It, was, they, it was so vanilla, and if I can see it, God, you know people who do this for a living as far as opposing head coaches, X's and O's guys can know exactly where the ball's going. So that, that was always a concern of mine uh, with that. And Des was certainly right about that. But once again, that's probably something you need to keep in-house, especially at this time where you're looking for a job. You know, I, I don't think, like I said, I, his agent had to be making phone calls going, please, please be quiet. No more. Let it go. Yeah, I guess so. So you think this Cleveland Brown thing is going to happen? Because I think the Colts could be an interesting destination also. And today, Antonio Brown was on Twitter recruiting Dez to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think the Steelers have a chance in hell. I don't think the Rooney's going that direction. And Plus, the Steelers, Steelers don't pay people. They don't pay. And you got Antonio Brown, you got Bell, you got Schuster. You're already a, a Super Bowl contending team. You don't need Dez. And I don't know if Dez would want to go there unless he wants to play for a ring. Yeah, he wants to play for it. That True. would make sense. Yep. Other than that, he has said he wants a one-year make-good deal, right? Well, Pittsburgh, you're th- at best your third fiddle. You know, it's Bell and it's Brown. So I don't see how you're going to get that make-good deal. If you were playing for a ring, that's completely different. Where Pittsburgh is uh, a threat to do that. Cleveland. Okay, we don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon. I mean, if Josh Gordon is just out for a couple of weeks and he'll be back, well, you got Gordon, you got Landry. Once again, where do you fit in here? As far as that, Coleman's there too, so not like they're dying for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. NFL wise, man, Indianapolis seems to make some sense. Because you keep going, I said it before the break with, with Andrew Luck. The only thing I'm really worried about is outside of T.Y. Hilton, not a lot else there. You mentioned Jack Doyle, yeah, he's a fine tight end, but he's, he's nothing great. He's not Zach Hurts or Travis Kelsey, someone like that. The running game is a, a mix, a mishmash right now. A second wide receiver where we're assuming someone has to break out there. Someone else besides T.Y. Hilton has to be a, th- a threat. Now that looks healthy, Dez might make some sense here. And if Dez is looking for a place where he could have a big season, luck is back. You're playing on turf, little fairs to track, just like the Cowboys. I think this could make some sense here. Not that I've heard anything about him going there, but if you look at uh, a team that makes sense, Indianapolis would seem to be that. No, I think so. Also, I think Indianapolis is, is a good fit. I think Cleveland could work, too. Um, Pittsburgh, definitely out the question. If anything, Pittsburgh is trying to, uh, you know, drive the price higher for the Browns. Um, but I think I think both spots could work. But Indianapolis just seems like a, a legit a legit fit. I don't, I don't see how it does not work in Indianapolis. And I think, they can, I think he can have a big year there. And where, where would you move him up into drafts if he gets to Indy? The only reason why I could see where he wouldn't want to go to Indianapolis if he, uh, the old, you know, if he wants to bake his cake and eat it too, where if he wants not only to get a good-sized contract, but also a team that's going to win. You know, you know the Colts can win. Indy, oh, I mean, that, that's a tough division there, Corey. And, you know, you got Tennessee, you got Jacksonville, you got Houston. I think they're all better than uh, Indianapolis, even with luck back. This team still has major holes here. So, no, I guess I don't think they can win. Uh, not yet. I think they'll be better. I don't think they'll be a terrible team again. We're, you know, a top five draft pick. But I don't think they'll be uh, – I don't think they're going to be above 500 either. No playoff games for them. 
If Dez were to go there, though, I mean, he's the number two option. Right off the bat, he's the number two option. Yep. And he's a different kind of receiver than T.Y. Hilton. So it's not like they, uh, they're not going to uh, cannibalize each other here. I think he would go into, conservatively, wide receiver three. You know, but I think they, uh, as soon as I trusted that he knows the offense, that him and Luck are in tune, I think he's a low-end wide receiver too. Going to be interesting to see how the Des Bryant saga plays out. As always, there's plenty of sagas going on in Dallas, but um, you know, we'll figure that out at, as we go across, uh, as we go through the the regular season. Speaking of Indianapolis Colts, a lot of people are looking at a sleeper um running back as this guy, as this kid Naheem Hines. I just George, I'm like. Indianapolis is a place I go to get T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck and Jack Doyle. A running back in Indianapolis, don't they don't really hit, and especially without Frank Gore there. It's going to be tough because uh, right now I can see it being all three people, Hines, Mack, Wilkins. I mean, it, it's a mess. It's really one of these backfields that's just a mess. You know, uh, preseason's coming up, right? You know, we're yep. going to have the NFL Network on all the time. You know, they'll, they'll be showing all the games. I'll be paying attention in the Indianapolis backfield, you know, to see if uh, one guy looks better, who's breaking out here, who could be the start, the one-star guy. But fantasy-wise, none is better than a running back three. And even that, you're drafting this week. You're, you're not going to have any clarity here. So no matter who you take, is going to be a gamble, assuming you would take. Whoever takes these guys, it's a gamble because no one really knows here. But the bottom line is I expect it to be some kind of timeshare. You know, I think they'll all have somewhat of a role, so they'll all get touches here. But I, I don't know if we'll know until maybe a quarter of the season to who the real number one back is here. Do you think, um, okay, I, I can definitely dig that. What do you think about this situation um, with um, Josh Gordon, interestingly enough? It, you, you made me think about that when you brought up the fact that, you know, drafting a player like Dez or, or going after guys that don't really have, you know, no, no, no um, pedigree right now. You know, the Josh Gordon thing is interesting. I think it depends on roster construction. Myself, I would take him right now if he was on my – if I could stash him on my bench and then see what happens. Are you out or are you willing to take a gamble? It's let, Let's just say you're drafting in the next seven days. First of all, I, I truly hope that whatever's going on here, that he decided – he didn't have a relapse, nothing like that. He decided, you know, for me, for my health right now and my continued health, I just needed to take a step away. I really hope that's what it is. But, man, I find this awfully strange timing. Right before the season, before training camp opens, you need to step away. You know, I don't know. I'm not, sure, I'm not so sure I'm buying that. Not so sure I'm buying that at all. So, uh, you said it. Listen, if he's available late, I can give him as a bench player, I'm fine with it. But I'm not spending any kind of valuable draft capital right now. Uh, I was, you know, it's funny. A week ago, he was a wide receiver, too, for me. I believed. I was happy. I was like, okay, this could be the year for him. They finally got some real quarterbacks in Cleveland. You know, he is a talent. We know that. You know, and they, and they had other weapons around, so it's not all about him now. I like Najoku. You got Landry there. Even Corey Coleman I haven't given up on. Good running game there. I imagine Tyrod Taylor liked everything. But after this, Corey, I have a funny feeling in most leagues there'll be somebody who believes more than I will. I'm too conservative yeah. a drafter. But as I said, if he's a bench player, Corey, I don't have a problem. He goes, well, listen, round 12, round 13, you're supposed to take dartboard throws, right? And Josh Gordon would be a hell of a dartboard throw because we know he's good. The question is, is he going to be on the field? Bottom line, though, is curious timing for me that all of a sudden he needed to step away. This would be a time where he'd be regulated because you'd be around your team. They'd be controlling almost 24-7 of your time. So you're not really worried about anything. Yet he needed to step away now. Strange timing for me. 
Uh, I think it's a couple of reports that I've heard, like, of course, nothing verified, uh, that it is not a suspension. Uh, it's not a suspension, Luma. There's, nothing, there's no failed drug test. A couple of people came out and said that pretty sternly, guys in Cleveland, some of the national guys. And I think even NFL's spokesman, Brian McCarthy, was like, you know, details will be coming out a little bit later on. I think the rub right now is he's checked himself into rehab, kind of to, you know, this is him. He's about to start an NFL season, so maybe that's why it has something to do with it. Like you, like you make the excellent point. You would think this is a time where you're around friends, you're around people that that care about you. You know what I mean? So you would think that this would be a good time for Josh Gordon. But somebody made a very interesting point on Twitter. The 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 hard knocks thing might be something that's scaring him off. That's interesting because uh, I've heard that before too. I think I think it was by Kevin uh, Walsh this morning. He made the same point that maybe it's uh, could have been Joe Galina yesterday. I forget which one uh, about the hard knocks. And you do wonder if that's it. You know, one of the biggest I guess knocks about the NFL uh, suspensions is that they take the player away from the team, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're around with team, you mentioned it, you're around your teammates, friends, guys. You know, what, what, what do they always say? Oh, it's, a, you know, it's a big war, so we need each other, teammates, people, you know, people that have your walk. best interests at heart. Exactly. And plus, if you're around with team, in training camp, the team pretty much controls your life. Yep. Right? I mean, you're, you're, first of all, you're away from home. Generally, you're in, you know, blah, blah, Oklahoma, wherever the hell it is, in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to do at night anyway. But a team controls you, so you're, theoretically, you're safe. There's nothing you can do other than football. You know, you're practicing, eat, drink, live football during training camp. So it'll be the best time. And this is also why I understand why people uh, – people who knock the NFL suspensions, why are you ever taking the players away from this? Suspending them for the games? Yes, but maybe not suspending them for practice. Maybe keeping them around the team is better off. You suspend them for games, you, you take away their paychecks. I get that. But maybe you should keep them around, uh, I guess, the, the figures who are theoretically have their best interest at heart. Or theoretically, at the very least, maybe not their best interest, but you know they're not doing anything other than football. You let them go on their own, that seems to be when the problems occur. When, you know, you and I joked about this uh, a month or two ago, mm-hmm. how once the minicamps end, it's the worst time for coaches because the players yep. are free for two, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever and it is. And they go back and to their home territory. Exactly. Makes no sense to me. You know, Speaking of this Cleveland Brown team and, and hard knocks, and I, you know what? Right quick, I saw Brian, uh, or not Brian Bilicek, Brian Billick, former coach of the Baltimore Ravens, and I forgot who else, um, talking about hard knocks. When the Ravens did it in 2001, they were the first team to do it. So somehow they had no blueprint, no script. They really didn't know what was going on. Have you enjoyed the show over the years, or do you get into it, or are you like, you know what? It was cool at first. I'm out of it now. Yeah, that's the way I am. I think it was it was cool at first. I know the Cowboys ran it one year. I watched, and they were terrible back then, so it didn't matter. But, then the Cowboys, uh, now, the, the Cowboys did two years. Did they do two? Then the Cowboys uh, did I'm, two I'm years. I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm getting old. The memory fades. Uh, but no, I, I don't care. I uh, I don't even have HBO. Yeah. Uh, I guess I could watch it on HBO Go or something like that. But uh, I mean, I'll catch glimpses here and there, Corey. But to say I'm going to sit down and watch any yeah. one episode, and this is I, this is not a knock on Cleveland, by the way. I think they're actually an interesting choice for this. But uh, even if it was the Cowboys, I don't know how much I'd watch of it. Thank God it's not the Dolphins. Oh, God. I, don't know. I think the Cleveland Browns are a good choice because of everything, uh, you know, I think they've done. You got Baker Mayfield. You brought Tyrod Taylor. You got Nick Chubb at running back. This is a team now that's legitimate. You brought Jarvis Landry. You're doing good things there. Now, I may not have agreed with Baker Mayfield at number one. I think I would have taken Sam Donald. And, uh, you know, the Jets are doing a wonderful thing of trying to screw up his career there. Already. So, uh, 
Oh, <laughs> already. You gotta be kidding me. I mean, come on, Jets. Really? Offset language? This is why you're keeping Oh God. Uh, it's just it's frustrating. Um, let me you know, it, another thing that's interesting about the Browns is Joe who is gonna step up to replace Joe Thomas in that locker room? Don't you feel bad for Joe Thomas? They finally got a good team and he's not there no more. Crazy, right? Right. I mean, it's like Joe's gonna be like, Really? Really? Now is when you decide to do some things, do the right things, or these other things, and I'm gone. I mean, uh, I actually don't feel bad for him. He's a gazillionaire, but <laughs> I mean, as far as a player he was, never really missed the snap. Finally got hurt last year and decided to hang it up, and now the team is he- at least heading in the right direction. We'll put it that way. So, uh, But you're right. Who does step up? You know, you might think the quarterback, but he just got there. He just got there, Josh exactly. Gordon. I mean – I'm looking at the roster now. You're looking at somebody. It can't be Coleman. He's not good enough. You know, uh, boy, can't be, obviously it can't be Mayfield. Same thing. He hasn't been there long enough. Uh, Hyde is. I think Hyde is one and done. Jarvis Landry just got there. Though I wonder if he could take over that role so he can keep his head on straight. You know, I want. I think it has to be somebody on defense. Miles Probably Garrett, second year. Jabril Peppers, maybe. Maybe Jabril Peppers, something like that. Jamie Collins, also another good uh, a choice right there. You know, they had – I remember um, towards the end of the basketball season, they had a Joe Thomas night at uh, Quicken Loans Arena where the Cavaliers play, uh, play at. And, you know, they c- celebrated Joe Thomas. And LeBron James came over to give Joe Thomas a hug, George. LeBron James was towering over Joe Thomas. See, that's amazing. It's that's crazy, things, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, people don't realize that because, because if you watch a basketball game, they're all big, so you don't really realize it until you see them against somebody else. It's like yeah. when you see Aaron Judge in baseball, right? Yeah. You see Judge against another big man, and you realize this big man is 6'4", 220, and Judge makes him look like a child. Crazy, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's absolutely wild. I don't know what Judge would make me look like. <laughs> no, it, it, like Joe Thomas looked like an average-sized human being. Like LeBron James' back was wider than Joe Thomas, and I'm like, this is amazing because you look at Joe Thomas as a massive individual. Yeah, this is why people who want to compare football teams from the '70s to nowadays. Oh no, Steel, you can't do that. The Steelers teams of the '70s would get crushed by the worst NFL team today. They're yeah. all just too big. They have 50, 60, 70 pounds on all these guys. They wouldn't be able to stomp anybody. It's just athletes, uh, athletes human beings. Human beings, we just we get we get bigger and bigger. You know, baseball player Mickey Mantle is the size of your average shortstop. Athletes are, um, you know, this is the time of year when athletes. I mean, this in this this era, athletes are their bodies are just so insane right now and the evolution and stuff like that. Um, still got a couple more sleeper running backs I want to discuss with you and break down. Also, some bus running backs. Then we we'll get to the wide receivers too. It is the uh, fantasy football frenzy weekend edition. Fantasy exec George Kurtz taking it easy on a Sunday. Uh, just talking a little fantasy football with you. If you're out there listening live, we'd love to get you on the horn. 844-843-6879 is the telephone number to dial. When we come back on the other side, I want to um, continue with the Cleveland Browns right quick. I want to see what George thinks about Carlos Hyde this year. And then plus I want to get into Eli Marin and Saquon Barkley and some New York Giants as they kicked off their training camp this week. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. Be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fancy Football Friends, the weekend edition, FNTSY Radio, the exec, and George Kurtz. Thing is going well. Training camp's underway all across NFL towns. Getting closer and closer to your fantasy draft day. If you're out there and you want to talk to us live, 844-843-6879 is the telephone number to get involved. I saw one writer write that he thinks Saquon Buckley's going to be a bust this season because of the Giants' O-line, George. Is that a hot take or is that something that you can get behind? I think it's more of a hot take. Uh, yeah, I, me too. Listen, the Giants, they've made some uh, improvements to the offensive line, right? I mean, you signed Nate Solder, right? So add Will Hernandez. Draft Will Hernandez. Yeah, well, and I like Will Hernandez. That's a nasty human being, which is a good thing for an offensive lineman. You want them to be nasty human beings, right? Angry people. You know, mm-hmm. stop coming out of the nose and all that. Knock, uh, knock the other guy uh, off the line of scrimmage. So... Is it perfect? No. Is it the Cowboys? No, it's not. You know, the Raiders, Philadelphia Eagles, another team with uh, excellent offensive lines. But I don't think it's as poor as last season. I don't. So uh, I don't think Barkley's going to have a, uh, a poor season because of that. I think Barkley's going to have a very good season. Matter of fact, Corey as a whole, I think this Giants offense is intriguing. You know, if the line can hold, it doesn't need to be great. If you can just hold up somewhat, man, the position players are there. Barkley, Beckham, Shepard, Ingram. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of top players here. Giants could score some points. Yeah, no, I, 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 they haven't scored in two years, but um, obviously I think learning a new offense is going to be a, a, a key to them getting those points scored, how fast Eli and the gang can get in there and get it done. I think Odell Beckham gets his contract before the season starts. I think he'll be happy. Listen, they do got some of the best talent on the offensive side of football. I'll give you that. The O-line still ranks in the bottom half of the NFL. That's always going to be a problem, but we've seen other teams be able to overcome those issues and stuff like that. Um, when you look at Eli Manning, is he a sleeper quarterback? Uh, I mean, I did take him in the, that Roto-Wire League only because I, he, I I needed someone to back up Alex Smith since I got caught and couldn't get a, a, a true QB1. I mean, no, no, no. I don't see him being a sleeper quarterback. I think Eli at this point in his career, I do think the offensive line is better. But I also think he's seeing the rush too much. And what I mean by that is, you know, quarterbacks, when they're young, you don't see the rush. You get, you get back to throwing the football. He's been hit so many times now. I think he's seeing it. So he's throwing up his back foot. So I'm trying to get rid of the ball before he gets hit again. He's 37 years old. I don't blame him for this. But I don't think that can change at this point in his career. So I think he's still going to make some mistakes. I think he'll have some big games. But I think it'll be big yardage games, not big touchdown games, which will hurt his value as far as fantasy is concerned. So I think he could be a useful super flex quarterback, a useful two quarterback, two quarterback league quarterback. But in a one quarterback league, no, I'm not going to see him getting into the top 12. Yeah, I can't see it either. Eli Manning has been, been always been the guy that people have said, oh, this could be a year of a top fantasy finish. He's not really ever been a, a good or even decent fantasy quarterback. So I think he may have had one or two seasons. A quarterback I do like as a sleeper, though, George, is Alex Smith this year. I think he's in a good spot with uh, with Jay Gruden. I think they got some nice pieces around him, especially if we can see Doxon uh, and, and Pryor. I mean, excuse me, if we can see Doxon and Reed stay healthy, I 
think Alex Smith can be a sneaky good quarterback, and I'm willing to draft him late as a quarterback too and wouldn't be surprised if he can be a quarterback one come the end of the season. Well, I hope you're right because in that same league, Alex Smith is my quarterback one. You know, I mentioned I got caught. Quarterbacks flew off the boards uh, as, as far as backups faster than I thought they would, so I ended up with Alex Smith as my quarterback one. Certainly not what I planned, so I'm certainly rooting for you there. Uh, I mean, you wonder, once again, he's got to learn a new system as well. Yeah, the stats, we can, we can make stats say whatever we want. And stats will tell you that Alex Smith had the best deep percentage ball last year. Now, it doesn't mean he threw it a whole lot, but that he, uh, when he did, it worked out pretty well. So maybe that can happen again. You, said, you mentioned a lot of ifs there. You know, can Dawkins stay healthy? Already banged up in camp. Jordan Reed, yeah, there. Oh, he's great. He looks great. La, 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 la. Yeah, let's see what happens week one. You know, even Crowder didn't have the best of years last year. I think the key to this Washington team, though, is Darius Geis. Can he give them the legitimate rushing attack that they haven't had in quite a long time? If he can, man, this offense is, becomes a lot more interesting. No, I agree with you. I think Geis is, is a big part of what they can do. I, listen, I, I think that team is going to be a good team this year. I find it interesting. My favorite quarterback sleeper, though, is Mitchell Trubisky. I think that um, I like what he – I like what they've done – with the pieces they brought in, including Matt Matt Nagy, a young offensive mind to kind of get that thing rolling, get that ball rolling in the right direction. I think right now it's just about the skills that Trubisky had. They took him high in the draft. Now it's time to show and prove, and I will put a dollar on him at the end of the draft. And I, I'm not going to go into a league with him as my only quarterback, but I can see him being a guy that, that, that can flirt with QB1 on, on, in, in uh, more, than, more weeks than not. See, I'll look at it a little differently as you. Uh, as you. I play in a lot of super flex leagues, a lot of two quarterback okay. leagues. They're my favorite type of leagues. Yep. Yeah, so, so I will, Trubisky. So my question is, do I, would I want him starting for me? Because he'll have to start, obviously, in a two quarterback league, you want him starting for me. I love what Chicago has done. I mean, love it. I mean, once again, I can't remember an offense from the Bears that is possibly as good as what they have. Well, on paper, Burton. I mean, he's their best tight end since Greg Olson. Allen Robinson, their best wide receivers as well, since Marshall and uh, Jeffrey were there. The running game with Howard and Cohen, Trubisky. And you put all these guys together, I don't know if they've ever done better than this. You know, uh, it's been, been a long time when we've seen a Bears offense like this. So I have faith. I have hope that Chicago will be that way. That being said, you know, this is not a th- traditionally not a throwing team. You know, it's there. The, the name is the Windy City for a reason. As the uh, months go on, it's hard to throw there. Not a fast track whatsoever. This team, this, uh, I guess the geography is telling you it's not meant to throw the ball over and over and over. Be a big-time throwing team. Chicago has a good defense, assuming they ever uh, get Raquan Smith signed, which, once again, same thing as Donald with the offset language, assuming they ever get him in there. You know, I like what the direction they're going. But I think if I end up with Trubisky starting for me, even in a Superflex or a two-quarterback league, the way I draft and I'll draft quarterbacks early and often, things probably didn't go my way. Oh, in the Superflex, you're trying to get a quarterback and how many – How many? you're trying to have your first two quarterbacks by what round? It'll depend on how a draft's going. Scott Fishbowl is a Superflex league, and that uh, – I got Russell Wilson, took him in uh, either 12th or 13th overall – and then I got burned. They ended up being a big quarterback run before I could go again. And my second quarterback ended up being Jameis Winston. Yes, I knew about the suspension, but I took Winston because I knew I could get a, a lower-level quarterback later. So I ended up getting Case Keenum. Generally, though, you know, like I said I had the bookend picks. makes things a little tricky as far as quarterbacks are going. Generally, I'm taking two quarterbacks the first three rounds. In a super flex, would you go quarterback, quarterback, if you say you're drafting on the one-two turn? 
It'll depend who's there. Like I said, it would depend who's there. Uh, I said I had 12-13, and I got the second quarterback overall. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went, I think, seventh overall. I took Russell Wilson at uh, at 12. Kareem Hunt was there. I just couldn't pass up a top running back still being there for me. Uh, Understood. This is, uh, yeah, so I, I, I did think about it. You know, but also nobody really stood out. You know, I didn't want to take Tom Brady uh, there. And I, and I really thought, because a lot of these leagues, you know, quarterbacks still last. It ended up being this one didn't. You know, I think of like a 75 leagues in this. And I, I know I checked out a whole bunch of them. I yeah. was in one of the unlucky ones where quarterbacks flew off the boards. You know, so I should, uh, in most leagues I would have ended up with a quarterback I wanted. In this league I didn't. Although I'm, I'm not actually okay with Winston coming back in week four. I'll survive with Keenum. But to answer your question, I wouldn't be against it. I certainly wouldn't be against it. If Aaron Rodgers would have been there, I probably would have gone gone for broke and taken Rodgers and Wilson. Yeah, no, and that would have been, you would have had the best quarterback tandem out of, out of all the teams there, so I, I definitely can't uh, blame you for that. You know, I really don't do too many um, quarter two quarterback leagues, um, but uh, I probably do one or two a year, like Scott's Fishbowl and, and, and maybe another one is how, I, is how I'll uh, get it started, so... I do find that that format interesting, and I can't. You you said you prefer to play in those because of the strategy. Have you done well in them? Yeah, my home my home league's been a two quarterback league for a super flex league <clears throat> forever. The other home league is also a two quarterback league, and I'll play in several others. The reason, uh, so yeah, I do well because I'm used to it. I know what to expect. I know what you have to do. I know how to draft. It's, it's you know, I like I say, any, any, like with anything, with more experience, you're going to do better. In it. Of course. The reason yep. I like it so much is, you know, Corey. Whenever anybody asks me. I don't care if it's on Twitter, Slack channel, through Roto Experts, wherever. When do I draft the quarterback? I even wrote the column for the uh, Roto Experts exclusive edge uh, package. Wait. You can wait on a quarterback. Quarterback is as deep in fantasy as it has ever been. Yep. So you can wait till round nine, round ten. And to me, that means there's no strategy. It's the equivalent of telling people, ah, wait till round 16 to grab a kicker, round 15 to grab a defense. And we should get rid of those all as well. If there's no strategy at a certain position, then we need to do something to fix that. So Superflex fixes that. I much prefer a Superflex over a two-quarterback league. Because in a two-quarterback league, you have to start a quarterback. You get an injury, you could be screwed. At least in a Superflex, you can plug in a running back, wide receiver, tight in there, make some of those points up. So I just, once again, it's about strategy for me, making the league more fun. I want to get rid of kickers. You know, I think that's a wasted position. Add a flex position. I want to get rid of defenses. I want people to go to IDP. You know, we use pitchers in baseball. Why don't we use defensive players in football? No, that makes sense. Have you talked to Tony Sincata lately? I just—I know that's not random and out of nowhere. <laughs> I actually have. Uh, Tony was on the show with uh, Joe Galina and I on the Fantasy Week uh, Weekend Update last nice. Saturday. Good time. So I'm glad to hear that Tony's doing okay. I hit him up a little bit later on in the week. 844-843-6879 if you are listening live. You think our boy Dak Prescott got some sleeper appeal? I do. I think it's a sum of the parts type deal with Prescott. I like what they're saying as, you know, no dominant target to hog the ball. Dak does not like to throw the 50-50 ball, which guys like Jason Witten and Des Bryant were more that liked more. He wants a open wide receiver. This way he can focus on getting the open guy, not to mention the fact running the offense through Zeke. You saw last year when Zeke was out there, Dak was a top fantasy quarterback. He gets a full season of Zeke. I don't see why not. I know the pieces may not look the best, with Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup, the rookie coming in. Terrence Williams has been a dog. But Cole Beasley, you know, and who do you think the tight end is going to be in Dallas? Boy, there are so many, so many questions about Dallas. None of them are really all that good. 
I mean, what's the broad, the optimistic viewpoint? You watched the Cowboys last year. One thing that stood out besides the play calling was that man, this team was slow. God, are they slow? And Jason Witten, uh, he lost a whole bunch of steps. Des Bryant, not the same player after the injuries. So without those two, theoretically, they should be faster, right? Yep. Can't argue that. You're at you're 100 correct with Ezekiel Elliott. Him being in the lineup makes this offense completely different. All right, he'll he'll help Dak because once again, teams are going to load up to stop the uh, the run, be one on one coverage. So that should help. The problem is, Alan Hearns going to and I like Alan Hearns. I've had him on fantasy teams a lot, but now he's the number one, which means he's going to face a whole lot of number one cornerbacks. Good luck to you, Mr. Hearns. Don't know if I see that working out all that well. The number two receiver, I guess technically it's Terrence Williams. You already mentioned he's a dog. No, thank you. Another wide receiver who has trouble catching the ball. He catches with his body, not his hand. Strange. Cole Beasley, all right. Poor man's Wes Welker, yay. Uh, they, they say they're going to line him up on the outside some. Michael Gallup, I'm somewhat interested in deeper leagues, but more than 12 teams, dynasty leagues, keeper leagues. I think he could be something in a couple of years. But I think the passing offense is really a work in progress here. You know, uh, I think Witten and to uh, certainly Dez to extent Witten. Yeah, Tony Romo would throw up those 50-50 balls. He uh, he had faith in those guys. Dak being a younger quarterback, I'm sure he's been drilled into his head a thousand times. Don't turn the ball over. Don't turn yep. the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. Yep. So he doesn't do that. You know, and, and uh, that that can be good and bad. Romo threw a lot of interceptions. One of one of the things he was criticized for, but also hit bigger plays. Do I think uh, Dez can be? You know, a top 12 quarterback? No. You know, even though I think he'll be better than last year, I do, but I don't see a whole bunch of touchdowns coming, which is what he's going to need to really be that. And to answer your last question about who the tight end would be, I mean, like most people, I'd like to see them give Rico Gathers a shot, but they seem to be down on him, and Dallas doesn't seem to develop people well at all. Jeff Swain, Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. I mean, I think the, the question I would ask you is, does it matter? I think Blake Jarwin is a guy they like. Rico Gathers has had struggles or uh, staying in, staying uh, healthy. I know they like Blake Jarman. You know, one of the things with the Cowboys, and I think we may have discussed this before, uh, why tight ends don't develop in Dallas is because Jason Witten runs them out of town. That could be somewhat true. You know, I also think this. What, what was the last, you know, position player that Dallas developed under this coaching staff? You wouldn't say that. I don't Dak, trust this coaching that staff. That Dak and Zeke were developed. Zeke was already a star, but you know it doesn't matter where he went. Dak, all right, here the world was jury still out on him. Good first year, bad second year. I don't trust the staff. Jason Garrett, they couldn't discover Miles Austin right away. Now, good, he, great, he had a short shelf life, but it took them a, a couple of years to figure out that this kid could play. So I don't trust the staff. That's why with the Rico Gather stuff, we've seen him. He was very good last year. Then suffered a concussion. They they just IR'd him the whole year. You know, I like to see this guy get a chance. Dallas going to need playmakers, and Gathers is once again he's a freak. He's a big guy, athletic guy at that position. I understand he's about as raw as they come, but you know, I don't think I don't think Swain, Jarwin, or Schultz are going to be anything special here. They need to hit something. You hit the lottery at, at somewhere here. I wonder if Gathers could be it, but they don't seem to have any trust in this guy whatsoever. Uh, moving courses to another team with a similar color scheme. Said so they don't play in the South, they play in the Midwest. That's the Detroit Lions. Their quarterback Matthew Stafford, as our boy Jake Seeley will tell you. Since 2011, every single year finishes as a QB1. I think except for one season, and he might have finished as QB13 then. Um, some people are down on Matthew Stafford this year. Where are you coming in on him at? 
I'm fine with Stafford. <laughs> I'll have no problems with him as my fantasy quarterback one. Because you know you got him in round 10. So you didn't have to spend a high capital on him. You could load up on running backs, load up on wide receivers. I think people are down on him because the upside's limited. You know, he's not going to have a monster season. But still, even, cause, even though they got carry on Johnson, I mean, they're not going to become a, all of a sudden a big-time run team. You know, that, that running back is going to be nasty running back by committee there with all those guys literally having – I mean, Blunt could be a short yardage guy. Johnson, the first and second down guy. Riddick, the pass catching guy. You know, I think with Stafford, it's like, oh, I ended up with Stafford. So you, you take that sigh. Even though he's okay, you know he's going to end up being top eight, probably closer to eight than one. But mm-hmm. the, the fact that the upside's so limited, you're like, oh. I and that's Stafford. what it is. It's the limited upside that would make you pull the trigger on a Pat Mahomes and leave Matt Stafford on the board. But that's a mistake every time, though. I agree for the reason you mentioned. We, we know where Stafford's going to be. You know, he's going to be a quarterback one. He's going to deliver what, the value you drafted him at. Uh, could you hit it big with uh, Pat Mahomes? Absolutely. You also might hit disaster. You know, so I, I have no problem. If you draft at Stafford and you want to draft Mahomes a round or two later, fine. You want to play some matchup games or see how Mahomes comes along? No issue with that whatsoever. But for me, like I said, Stafford, if, you, if you're telling me Stafford's my quarterback, okay, position solid. Next. All right, that's my man. George Kurtz, break it down, talking a little sleepers and busts for the 2018 season. Also going through some of the latest news and notes out of training camp. Don't forget Roto Experts exclusive edge package for 2018 right now, live and lit at RotoExperts.com. You want to use the promo code WINNER at checkout. This way you can uh, get yourself a couple dollars off that promo code WINNER, W-I-N-N-E-R. When we come back, well, not come back, when we um get ready to start a second hour of the Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Getting some more training camp news and notes, talk some more sleepers and busts. And also, I got a couple of questions I want to ask George about how he puts together leagues and stuff like that. It's Fantasy Football Frenzy. <laughs> 